Jackson Dart just did something that I've been waiting for 12 months for him to do. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are Locked On Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Just a reminder, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On for more information. Also, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Anyway, Jackson Dart did something today, post-practice, that I have been waiting on him to do for 12 months. He has completely taken ownership of the quarterback position. Now, I'm not saying that it's not a competition. It's not something that is going to be said, that where all this is going away, that everything we said. But in Jackson Dart's mind, that quarterback position is his. He is talking about it in a certain way to where he declares ownership. He is talking about ways that he can get better, ways that he is going to lead the offense, things that he should have done in the past that makes Ole Miss football better. His ownership of the position is a major, major plus. Anyway, here's Jackson Dart from post-practice today. You know, to be honest, I see my, I, I just see myself as the starter. Um, you know, I, I, I had year one and I kind of established myself. Um, have year two and, and kind of just getting, you know, more bonds with the guys on the team, um, being a leader. Um, so I, I feel like I've taken ownership of that. And, you know, I'm just ready to do my job. And, you know, I'm loving where I'm at right now. So um, I just, you know, expect myself to have a great spring and keep performing the way that I'm performing. And, uh, yeah, excited to help this team win. Yeah, I think that how we ended was, was disappointing. Um, you know, we started off so strong. Um, you know, I think that, I think, honestly, we got a little comfortable. And I think that we just kind of let off our foot off the gas a little bit. And I think that was a big eye-opening for uh, myself and, and the guys on the team that, you know, you play in the SEC and you play the best competition week in and week out. There's never a time where you can take the foot off the gas. Um, every team has just as much talent or more talent than you. And they every team has great coaches. So, um, you know, I just didn't think that we executed the way that we should have. Um, I know that all the guys on the team, including myself, are, were disappointed. And, you know, we really want to make a big leap. We feel like we have, like, the core of our team, a lot of it coming back this next year. And, uh, and we just, you know, we can't get – get up, get back out and, uh, you know, start this year off the right way and, and finish it the right way. Um, well, obviously I knew that we needed quarterbacks. Um, I was the only scholarship quarterback on staff. So usually you would like to have three or four. Um, I just think how things just shook out just ended up being those two. And, um, but you know, I was fully aware that, you know, we had to have some depth. So, um, I was aware that we were going to take two. Um, I just think like my confidence in the system. Um, you know, I've talked to Coach Kiffin about this a lot, as well as Coach Weiss, and um, you know, you kind of look at you know how Matt was from year one to year two, and just like his comfortability in the system and how he was able to just operate things. Um, and for me, that's kind of you know what I'm striving for. I'm striving for to have like a big year like he did. And uh, so I think just my knowledge of the game, um, you know, kind of just being accustomed to this area. Um, you know, this will be year two for me, so just living here and, and really finding like my group and my crowd, 
Um, so I'm just really comfortable with where I'm at. So I think a lot of that has um, played a tribute to my performance. Um, you know, to be honest, I see my I, I just see myself as the starter. Um, you know, I, I I had year one and I kind of established myself. Um, have year two and, and kind of just getting you know more bonds with the guys on the team, um, being a leader. Um, so I, I feel like I've taken ownership of that, and you know I'm just ready to do my job. And you know I'm loving where I'm at right now. So um, I just you know expect myself to have a great spring and pre keep performing the way that I'm performing. And uh, yeah, excited to help this team win. All right, Jackson Dart met the press today and displayed charisma, displayed all the traits that you want from a starting quarterback. Also, he looks a little bit almost like slimmed down like Matt Corral did his last year. That You can see that he's leaning up and becoming much more of a lean, mean fighting machine. But I am really excited about where Jackson Dart is as a prospect right now. He is the most improved player on the team in spring practice, according to Lane Kiffin. We're going to hear from him in the second segment. And everybody is talking about things that are going well with him. This is the opposite of what spring practice was last year. Now, this isn't any type of a negative thing on Jackson Dart because I've told you, he came in February, spring practice started a month later. Everything that he was acclimating to, everything was kind of jumbled in there together. And that caused a little bit of a problem. That caused a little bit of crisis of confidence. And it caused a quarterback competition that maybe did not need to happen. We've told you. Jackson Dart has all the tools in the world, and that if he figures it out, if he does what he needs to do, he is a first-round NFL quarterback type of player. And it appears that these things are coming on. And we've seen videos of him using the middle of the field. We've seen videos of like Chris Marshall making plays downfield. Now, we will talk about Walker Howard in the next segment a little bit. We'll talk about Spencer Sanders a little bit in the next segment as well. But... Me being high on Jackson has nothing to do with being down on them. I'm not a person that picks a player to root for, although I do kind of root for Jackson just because he appears like he's a really nice kid and he he is very, very rootable. But we do need him to do the things that we need him to do, and it appears that he is doing them. He's using the middle of the field. He's getting the ball out of his hands quickly. He's not turning the ball over. Those type things will give him a leg up, and the familiarity and the comfort within the offense gives him a little bit of an advantage as well. Now, when we come back, we'll talk about how Walker Howard is performing at a level beyond his years at the moment, and that kind of puts Spencer Sanders, who's being load managed at the moment, at a little bit of a disadvantage. We'll talk about that as soon as we come back. But first, I do want to let you know about FanDuel. The tournament is heating up. And there is no better place to get on the action than FanDuel. It's because of the – it's giving away a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win if you're a new customer. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from money line to point spread to which team will be cutting down the nets um, when one shining moment plays. All on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Yes, I realize that in Mississippi you have to sports gamble at a brick-and-mortar casino, but if you're on the road, if you're going to the Tulane game in New Orleans, 
Um, if you're going on a road trip to Nashville, if you're hitting Jackson, Tennessee, or Memphis, hey, in Louisiana, if you're going to Baton Rouge or Shreveport or even just across the river to Delta, Louisiana, you can use FanDuel, the app that is super secure and easy to use. So don't miss out on your shot at a no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. We have Jim Cross in the third segment today. We had a little bit of an audio snafu, which means we had to go back and like re-record the questions. His audio was fine. Mine was all jacked up. So we tried to fix that as best we can. If it's a little bit clunky, we apologize, but that is the reason for that. But that is going to be the third segment of the show. Right now, we're going to talk about the other quarterbacks, Walker Howard and Spencer Sanders. I got a text message today um, from somebody that was, he was on the subtext community that we have. And he texted in and was like, hey, I was in the parking garage, and I saw like 20 minutes of practice. I was like, really? Okay. What's going on? What's happening? First of all, Jackson Dart was looking good. Everybody is saying Jackson Dart looks fantastic right now. Do not make any mistakes about how good he looks, and do not think what I'm about to say is anything negative towards Jackson Dart. But Walker Howard is balling as well. He said accuracy Walker Howard was probably the most accurate quarterback, and the arm strength was at the top comparable with Jackson Dart. Spencer Sanders was being load managed today as well. And that load management, as well as the other two quarterbacks are playing, might be digging Spencer Sanders a little bit too big of a hole. I don't know what's happening. I have not been in those meetings. But if Jackson Dart is balling the way everybody, everybody, is saying that he's doing. If Walker Howard is balling the way that everybody everybody is saying that he is doing, that puts Spencer Sanders at a disadvantage. Even though he's a four-year starter and he can pick up things really quickly because of that, you're dealing with a situation to where a gap might be developing. And will Spencer Sanders be able to close that gap even to make this a competition? It's not anything against Spencer Sanders. I think this is more about how Jackson and Walker is playing at the moment. Anyway, we're going to hear from Lane Kiffin real quick, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more about this quarterback competition. Um, I think that it's natural for us not to, you know, want competition around and um, certainly understand that, but I think it's been really good for him. Uh, He's looked great. Um, which is strange to say for a returning starter. He's probably one of our most improved players out there. And he looks better physically, mentally, everything. So uh, we've been very excited about him so far. Well, I don't think we have a lot of numbers at running back. Excited about the ones that we do have, um, but that would be an issue. Um, I think that there's some issues in the secondary due to some injuries and pure numbers especially outside at corner. So uh, those would be the ones that stand out to me right away. 
Yeah, Bentley's had a great camp so far, spring, whatever you call it. And uh, I do think that his injury set him back during the season, which would anybody missing all that time. And then he didn't have many opportunities. We played the other two guys a lot. And um, prior to his injury, uh, his you know, we talk about analytics. His analytics about first downs and touchdowns per carry were, were extremely good. And he was getting ready to have a great year. Um, yeah, we've limited what Spencer's uh, been able to do um, from a medical standpoint. So, you know, we're looking at obviously the long term there and um, not pushing that too much right now. So uh, I think he's done a really good job learning a new system uh, from a mental standpoint. And so the physical stuff will come because obviously he's, he's talented. Yeah, I think that Walker um, has really, with Spencer missing time with, you know, our plan with him and limited reps. Uh, Walker's got a lot of opportunities um, in a lot of situations, and he's done really well. And I, I love his leadership skills and his energy. And, you know, during workouts, he was calling players out, which is highly unusual for any new player, let alone really a guy that just finished his freshman year. So I think he has some unique intangibles. I think it's been great. All right, that was Lane Kiffin post-practice talking about the quarterback competition, Jackson Dart, Walker Howard, and Spencer Sanders. All right, we give rankings after practices. Right now, our quarterback ranking, my ranking has not changed in two or three days. My number one quarterback right now is Jackson Dart. My number two quarterback is Walker Howard. My number three quarterback is Spencer Sanders. It's just a situation, in my opinion, to where load management and the fact that Spencer Sanders is not being able to do it and as well as the other two guys are playing, it is creating a little bit of a gap. Like I said, until we get into fall and we see what's going on and Spencer Sanders is full go, we're not going to know for sure. But 25% of the way through spring practice, that is the way I would rank it at the moment. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to – have Jim Cross to talk about Ole Miss and SEC baseball. We had some audio problems. We had to do it. So if it's a little bit clunky, that's why. But it's fantastic content. Guy really knows his stuff. He has helped Ole Miss players sign 12 NIL deals, Ole Miss baseball players. So this guy, even though he's an LSU guy, he does a lot for a lot of college baseball players around the SEC. So it's really cool to see. So anyway, stick around. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are, in fact, free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and, of course, upvote and comment on the video itself. We're here with Jim Cross. We had a little bit of an audio glitch, so we're having to re-record questions because for whatever reason, I was reverbing. That's not how This is not how it was taped, but we're trying to do it. I'm going to go ahead and re-ask the questions and then... His audio was fine. My audio was messed up. Actually, before we start, Jim, tell everybody how they can hear your stuff. Man, you can catch us on any listening platform. It doesn't matter, Apple, Spotify, Overcast, Anchor, and then we're videoed on YouTube as well. So um, there really is anywhere you can't find us. Oh, oh what's the name what's of the it, name by the way? Oh, I'm sorry. In Off the Bench Podcast. Um, one of our most recent guests, as a matter of fact, was an Ole Miss player. We had uh, Ethan Leger. So, um, you know, we get the stories of athletes and then we break down baseball when we're done. What is wrong with Ole Miss baseball right now? Well, to, to simply put, you know, you can't just replace what was lost. I know everybody likes to think that. Um, 
my way of relating it is Alabama football on a year to year basis, right? You can't just retool and be back in the championship um, like they do in football and like Georgia's now doing. Um, in baseball, it is a completely different thing. You're seeing it right now with Mississippi State. You're seeing how long it's taken with even teams like LSU or Florida, who, you know, 2017 were in the, the World Series championship. It's when you lose guys, it is hard to replace, but specifically with Ole Miss. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a team with such veteran leadership and camaraderie than I have that specific team. And so when you talk about the talent plus the personalities, I think it is the first thing that you have to look at. The second thing, um, which is pretty easy to, to point out, is you lost Josh Mallett before the season, who I thought was going to be very pivotal, and then you lost your Friday night ace and Hunter Elliott. So – um, that's your other key problem. At what point during the season does Ole Miss baseball need to start worrying? When it, When is the point of no return right now? So they need to start worrying about it right now. The only good thing that I can say is if you look at what happened, you know, last year in the sense of you can get hot and make a run, or specifically if you can uh, win the SEC tournament, you have a couple teams that are worse worse off than you and are more than likely going to stay worse off. I mean, I'll just be blunt and – and we got a huge Mississippi State audience, and I hate saying it, um, they got way bigger problems than you do. And I didn't think Texas A&M was going to be that good coming into the season. They're making uh, my case as well as Alabama. So I think you're better off than all three of those teams personally. And so that's why this weekend, that's why I say it's right now, because if Texas A&M, who I think Ole Miss is a better team than, um, ends up beating them and they get into whether they, you know, the series is lost and they go to one and eight or they get swept out and go to oh and nine you're in a real hole that i don't know that you can get out of what does the a&m series kind of look like you know how how does the preview look of those two teams competing okay so this is one of the things where i like that we get the interviews of the players and we get their perspective uh, it doesn't matter what sec team we've talked to it doesn't matter what pitcher we've talked to Bluebell Park, they say, is the hardest park to pitch in. It's not the best environment. It's not, you know, it's not Swayze. That's not what I'm saying. They say the fans give you the absolute business. And the reason that is a problem is right now Ole Miss's pitching is a problem. And so that's the last thing you need is 6,500, you know, basically cult-like people yelling. Um, they will Google your family. They will yell anything and everything at you, and um, that's not good. And so you're going to have to go in there. You're going to have to be headstrong, um, you know, and it's going to have to be. Let me tell you, outside of pitching, I, I broke down the stats. Um, your front four are batting a combined average of 355. The combination of the other nine batters that are batting outside of that, uh, that front four are batting a combined 262. Even more so, that front four has 110 RBIs. Those other nine guys have 72 RBIs. So someone else is also going to have to contribute. It's not even just a pitching thing. It's a hitting thing. Um, we we know that Groff, Gonzalez, Kemp, Harris, they can rake. Somebody, and, and, you know, Clark has held, held his own. But other guys are going to have to step up. I would, as a matter of fact, starting tonight with Southern Miss, I hate to reference Tony Vitello in Tennessee and what he did last week. But after they got swept in Missouri – he went into the midweek game and he sat every single starter and he put in a whole bench crew and he sent a message going into the weekend. And then you saw how that played out for them against A&M. So 
I would I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you know the same kind of thing might be done by Coach B. I mean, you got to send a message to these guys that do you want to win or not? Do you do you want to play Ole Miss baseball? All right, changing gears a little bit here a second. What teams around the SEC are surprising you at the moment? To to start with, it's got to be Kentucky. Um, I don't know if I got fool's gold right now, um, you know, based upon who they played. I would have told you Missouri, but they took three injuries three days in a row, so I think they're going to fall back to the bottom. But Kentucky being 5-1 and one out the gate, um, standing tall with South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Florida, and Tennessee, um, that – that to me has got to be easily the biggest shocker. Um, but we will see how that plays out. I'm not going to buy any stock into it yet, but five and one to start the SEC is, is a great start. Can Vandy and, or Florida actually take down LSU? LSU is this juggernaut at the moment. You know, you have Tennessee coming in this weekend. Can Florida and Vanderbilt take down LSU? Do they have the team to do that? Yes. Um, so, I got to see Vanderbilt at the college baseball showdown and I got to see them firsthand to start the season. And they had a couple huge wins against TCU and Texas. Texas didn't seem like a big win at the time. Texas is the hottest team in the nation right now. And uh, they took LSU toe to toe till the ninth inning zero uh, zero. So Texas can absolutely play. And so I say that to say that Vanderbilt has an amazing resume and has beaten top tier teams in their non-conference. So I believe that you have to believe in them. Their pitching is legit. It's really all about can they hit. Now, as an LSU fan and believing in my pitching, I don't think that they can stack up with us in that regard. Florida, however, um, they can do it on both sides. Florida's biggest advantage for them is going to be they have the easiest schedule of every team we're going to discuss. They avoid Arkansas. They avoid LSU. Um, A lot of their hardest – you know, conference games are at home. So I really think they're going to be a national host. And, you know, not that they got some home field advantage. As a matter of fact, they have trouble putting fans in their stands. But I think that's really going to benefit Florida a lot. So, yes, I, I believe Florida and Vandy to be legit contenders. As a matter of fact, I never thought I'd say this in my life. I think the SEC East right now is better than the SEC West. And before we get out of here, Let's talk a little bit about Dylan Cruz, because to me, he's the ultimate 1-1 player. He's the number one pick in the draft. I mean, he's a superb athlete. Talk a little bit about him and what he brings to the LSU team. No, he's the uh, generational talent that you can't miss. You know, the comparisons to Mike Trout or Bryce Harper are, are very good, and I would say take it a notch above because of the reason why he came to college. He could have went in the top 15 overall out of high school. He said he wanted to play SEC baseball and get better. Um, He was your freshman player of the year. He was your your freshman year, sophomore year, SEC player of the year. And then this year he's just hitting, you know, a casual 531, right? So, like, he is the most legit guy. And then defensively, he's – he's not looked at because of what he puts out offensively. If you, if you watch him, he's got diving catches. He's, he's jumping up against the wall. Um, the, the guy, uh, you know, water covers, what they say, water covers 80%. Dylan Cruz covers the other 20. The, the kid is amazing. But what I told you, Stephen, before we came on, I've never met a more humble kid in my life. He doesn't want to say anything good about himself. He doesn't want to hear you talk good about him. 
And like, even when he goes in public, you know, he even seems like he doesn't like, like he walks into a restaurant and there's a standing ovation. He, he almost seems like, you know, he doesn't want any of that. Now with that, he's not like two, he's the last guy there signing balls, taking pictures for kids. You know, he, he is, he's that kind of guy, but you know, he's just, he doesn't need any praise. He knows how good he is. Also, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Like I said, our audio was a little bit messed up, but his audio was fine, so we did want to get that out to you, so we decided to record it this way just so we can kind of piece it together. Anyway, thanks a lot. Yeah, in Off the Bench podcast, like I said, you can find us on any streaming platform. We got a logo that's got three characters of uh, a bunch of us old guys. That's the whole point. We're just trying to get off the bench. We we get the story of the college athlete. We do more than just baseball, but that is our bread and butter. And uh, we we tell their story, get them a chance to show their brand. Um, you know, we talk baseball with them. Uh, I, Steven, I'll tell you the pride and joy of what, what we've done. We've set up 48 NIL deals. 12 of them have been Ole Miss baseball players. So we are all about building their brand. It's not even about building ours.